Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hi, I'm Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. Let's study some biblical prophecy together. We're in St. Paul's epistle to the Thessalonians, the first epistle, and today we're going to look at the role of the Holy Spirit in tribulation. What we've done so far is show that the context that Paul was writing this epistle was that this brand new church, these brand new Christians in Thessalonica were experiencing persecution, affliction, and tribulation. And the very word, like when Jesus uses the phrase great tribulation, that word tribulation is generally translated affliction, like in the RSV and the English Standard Version. And we showed you that seven times during 1 Thessalonians, Paul mentions this, excuse me, First and 2 Thessalonians. So that's the context what he was writing. Now, if you look at chapter 3 of 1 Thessalonians, you get while he wrote this letter. Here's what happened. Paul and his company of, of evangelists were beaten on the way uh, to Thessalonica. When they got there, they were persecuted and had to flee the town. And of course, the people they left behind were being still persecuted. So Paul was south of Thessalonica in Athens. And he was worried sick about, were these young Christians going to be able to stand up to persecution, tribulation? And so he sent Timothy from Athens to check up on them. And Timothy reported back to St. Paul, they're doing great. They're standing strong in the midst of tribulation. And so as a result, St. Paul, with great joy, writes 1 Thessalonians after getting Timothy's report. So that's the context. And to be point blank, people should ask a good question to ask somebody who writes a book, why did you write that book? There's usually a motivation, and it's really good to know why an author wrote a book. You can ask me, why am I doing Luke 21? It's really the same context that St. Paul had for the Thessalonians. He was very concerned that when tribulation, persecution, affliction would arise, that they would stand strong. And the Catechism of the Catholic Church is something very important. This is a section of the Catechism of the Catholic Church that I'll probably be citing a hundred times in Luke 21. It's section 675, and let me quote it to you. It's very important. It says this, before Christ's second coming, the church must pass through a final trial. That's the great tribulation that will shake the faith of many believers. And St. Paul, in the short time he had with this church, new church, new believers in Thessalonica, he was preparing them to face tribulation. And he said, this is what to expect as the normal Christian life. Uh, I'm very concerned that if hard times come, particularly in the United States, Western Europe, where maybe persecution hasn't really affected us like it has much of the other parts of the world and, and through uh, Christian history, that we'll have a great falling away rather than standing strong. So in our last episode, I showed that the role of the Word of God in the midst of tribulation 
as an aid, as a necessary resource to stand strong facing those afflictions and persecutions. And today, I want to look at the role of the Holy Spirit, the companion to the Word of God in facing tribulation. Now, before I do that, I just need to highlight that first century Christians, including the founder of Christianity, Jesus Christ, had some beliefs that seem very weird to first 21st century Christians because they thought it was a, a time of rejoicing, a time of joy, a time of blessedness when persecution and tribulation came. I mean, Somebody in the 21st century would say, boy, this is a really bizarre beatitude. In Matthew 5, Jesus said in verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Blessed. A blessing comes from persecution. We think, no, a blessing would come from escaping persecution. But he says, blessed are those who are persecuted. And then he goes on. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and other all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. <laughs> you would think this is the very time in your life that you wouldn't be rejoicing or be glad, but he says rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. Now, it wasn't just Jesus who's saying this. St. Paul, remember he's the same man, Writing 1 Thessalonians also wrote the important epistle to the Romans. And even though Romans is read a lot, particularly by evangelical Christians, and all Christians should be reading Romans a lot, but there's a neglected verse in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3 that goes like this. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. So in other words, there's kind of a conception of the prophetic promises. And on one hand, those who believe in the modern rapture theory, that promise is escape. Whereas throughout the New Testament, if you give an honest look and look at some of those verses that we just might read over, it's not escape, but it's endurance. And Romans 5.3, again, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Now, let me let you in on a peek into how the first century Christians would read Romans 5.3. I mentioned to you that in First and Second Thessalonians, the word generally translated in English as affliction is the Greek word for tribulation. It can be translated affliction or tribulation. That's the same word used twice in Romans 5.3. It says when we, we rejoice in our sufferings, that's flipsis in Greek. That's the word for tribulation. Knowing that suffering, flipsis, tribulation, produces endurance. So this is all talking about the same thing. As we read our English Bibles, we don't always see 
this thing that kind of ties it together. The Christian life is one of tribulation, St. Paul says, repeatedly in First and Second Thessalonians, in Romans. And you say, well, how am I supposed to get? That's my job. I'll, I'll get you the words behind these words to see a picture of the Christian life that was first century, not last century. Now, the key, back to 1 Thessalonians, we want to look at the key or the keys to standing strong in tribulation. Now, even if you don't believe Christians will experience tribulation or the great tribulation, listen, because you might find yourself in a situation that you wish you'd been exposed to this teaching. The first thing we saw was the Word of God, but along with the Word of God, St. Paul, 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5, our gospel came to you not only in word. It's possible that you can hear Scripture and your ears or your mind, your heart is, is closed, but it says it also came in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. So there was a conversion experience when St. Paul proclaimed the gospel that included the kingship of Christ in Thessalonica, turning the world that was upside down, right side up. There was something that happened deep within the converts, and it wasn't just an abstract religious notion. There was a deep conviction, but in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. And now here is the really big clue, what enabled these Thessalonians to stand strong. St. Paul, again, down in Athens, wondering what is going on up north? Are those people going to survive the tribulation they're going through? And the key is in one little word in verse 6 of chapter 1 of First Thessalonians. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Now, how do they imitate Paul, you receive the word in much affliction. And that word affliction in the original Greek is the same word for tribulation. So the context was they were following the path of those proclaiming the word to them and standing strong in tribulation. And then with joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. That little word joy is your key. This is what opens things up. Now, when you're studying scripture, and sometimes if you can come across a good cross-reference that almost opens that scripture up or clarifies its meaning, these are very valuable. If you have a Bible that you kind of highlight in, uh, you might want to actually write this verse down. It's a good cross-reference. In other words, you use a second scripture to bring a lot of light on your passage that you're studying and an excellent, superb, over-the-top cross-reference for 1 Thessalonians 1.6. What is that joy inspired by the Holy Spirit that enabled these young believers to stand strong, just like St. Paul? The reference is in 1 Peter 4, verses 12, 13, and 14. Same context. St. Peter writes, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which comes upon you to prove you as though something strange were happening to you. Verse 13, but rejoice, there it is, rejoicing in tribulation and persecution, rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings 
that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Do you see what's going on here? There's two kinds of rejoicing. The rejoicing when his glory is revealed is a second coming. But St. Peter is saying also rejoice when you're right now in this time undergoing suffering and persecution. These are dual times of rejoicing. And why is that? Next verse is the key. Verse 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. In other words, when we study biblical prophecy, and it's totally understandable why you want to know the future, but also there's an aspect to biblical prophecy where the future has invaded the present. And what St. Peter is saying, what St. Paul is saying, is that the glory of the future, the spirit of glory, that's the glory of like the second coming of Christ and the glory of the new heavens and new earth is experienced in the midst of persecutions. And these baby Christians in Thessalonica understood this. They experienced this. This what gave them the power. And he might say, how in the world would you do this? Because they were experiencing the future. This is like time travel, but it's not like you going to the future. The future comes to you. Eternity, the spirit of glory, comes upon a Christian undergoing tribulation, affliction, and persecution. And so this is the key which enabled the Thessalonian baby Christians to endure hard times. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and thanks for joining us on Luke 21. Please remember to tell your friends that Luke 21 is now available on YouTube. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.